Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, just a quick announcement before we get into the episode proper. We want to let you know that Hunting Seasons is now part of a podcast network family. We have friends. We have friends. <laughs> we are now part of Earbuds. You can find the Earbuds Network on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash earbuds network. Um, highly recommend checking them out. It's a bunch of other Melbourne-based podcasts. Um, so if you get the chance, please go and check them out and give them a listen. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. EarbudsNetwork.com Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season one of The Defenders. Hello, Damaski. Oh, hello, Broderico. Broderico. I'm now we're just adding stuff to the end of each other's names. Absolutely, Damasco. <laughs> uh, how you been? Yeah, really good. How have you been? You've been away. I have. I've been in Japan. I'm fucking exhausted, but I had a really good time. Really good time. That's Needed good. that holiday. Thank you very much. But now I'm back and ready to talk about the defenders. Are you ready? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I need more. I need more. Yes, I'm ready. That's what I wanted How's to hear. That? Thank you. That's better. Spoiler warning: On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in season one of the defenders. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, and of course, The Defenders. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Some facts and figures for you listeners. The Defenders is a Netflix original action drama series based on the Marvel comic book superhero team of the same name and is the crossover event miniseries of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Created by Roy Thomas, The Defenders made their debut in Marvel feature number one in December of 1971 and included in their team Doctor Strange, Hulk, Namor and Silver Surfer, who you'll notice are not in this group whatsoever. I haven't even... Who's Namor? Namor is like the Submariner. He's like the Marvel version of Aquaman. Ah, okay, Mm, cool. Adapting the Defenders to the small screen is Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez, who are most notable for their work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel and Daredevil Season 2. The show stars Charlie Cox, Kristen Ritter, Mike Coulter, Finn Jones and Sigourney Weaver as Alexandra. The Defenders Season 1 consists of eight episodes, each coming in at around 50 minutes, and took us approximately six hours and 40 minutes to watch. Damask, do you have a story synopsis for us? I certainly do. Alright, Season 1 rundown of The Defenders. While Danny is jet-setting, Matt is lawyering, Jessica is drinking, and Luke is jailing, the Hand has resurrected the most evil villain the world has ever seen. 
Daredevil's fuck buddy. That's right, Sigourney Weaver has brought Electra back to life thanks to some goo called the substance so that she can be the hand's ultimate weapon. The hand has its fingers in a whole lot of pies and our heroes are gonna get their Jason Biggs on and fuck those pies right up. Danny is fighting low-life hand thugs when he runs into the bulletproof Luke Cage who's trying to figure out what the kids of his neighbourhood are into these days. Fidget spinners are out and cleaning up dead bodies are in. Luke and Danny fight. Danny gets his ass kicked as we all collectively cheer. But then his fist starts glowing and he manages to land a punch. The fun stops there though as the cops intervene and our heroes scatter. Meanwhile, Jessica is stumbling home with a severe hangover and having to step over countless widows who have decided to camp out the front of her door. She baths all over them until they leave. So she settles herself into a comfy seat and prepares to order some Uber Eats until she gets a mysterious call that's all. Hey JJ, one of those widows' husbands definitely isn't still alive and somehow caught up in a mysterious organisation that runs the world. Investigating is stupid, am I right? And then the caller hangs up. Amazingly enough, this piques Jessica's interest. So she starts investigating. She manages to find out the guy was an architect who had some shady dealings with a company that changes its name as often as a teenage girl changes her profile picture. She also stumbles across some explosives that the guy had, which puts her right in Misty Knight's lap, who rolls her eyes and says, You wacky superheroes are all the same. Get out of here, you little scamp. But before that, Matt walks in and is all like, I'm your lawyer now. I know stuff about you. Like, how you killed Doctor Who. And since Jessica doesn't like anyone knowing anything about her, she stalks him and takes photos as he leaps and bounds and saves babies from speeding trains. Eventually everyone ends up at some corporate headquarters that is run by the hand and join forces Captain Planet style and they kick ass. Suddenly Electra appears and either Matt Murdock has brought his baton or he is fully erect at the sight of her. He's all angsty and Electra is all murdery. Everyone manages to get out alive and they go to eat some shawarma. I mean Chinese food. They talk about how the hand is evil and Jessica is all like, the only thing more idiotic than this plot is Danny Rand, am I right? And then everyone high fives, except for Danny who is too busy telling the weight stuff that he's the immortal Iron Fist. Eventually the five fingers of the hand crash the party and everyone fights again. The defenders manage to grab one of the fingers, but they pull it too hard and the universe farts. <laughs> JK stick cuts off his head after he reveals that the hand wants to kidnap Danny to use him as a key. Everyone decides that it's best for them to hide Danny away until they can destroy the hand. Except for Danny who thinks it'd be cool to go right up to them and punch them in the face. But that's just because he's wrong and can only have terrible ideas. And while Luke and Danny are talking about how the tiny ounce of chemistry they have can in no way save the disaster that is Danny Rand, Electra joins them and decides to kidnap Danny. Meanwhile, Matt and Jessica are having a cute little date at the widow's house. Jessica comforts the girl by patting her on the head and Matt lightens the mood by doing his Ray Charles impression, which kills at parties. But he notices the piano sounds funny and lo and behold, there are secret plans. And what do you know, they are for the building that also has that giant hellmouth that Matt found a million years ago. So with this bit of news, everyone converges on the building to have the big final battle. Danny is down there with Electra, and she uses his glowy fist to punch a hole in some sort of door that will grant her access to the goo that gives you life. And the other three defenders come down and they're all like, don't touch our friend without his consent. And then they proceed to fight ninjas together. Up above, Colleen and Claire are planting some bombs to destroy the hole, and Misty tries to give them a hand, but she accidentally gives the whole arm. Whoops! 
Looks like the defenders are gonna win, so it's time to climb out of that dump. But Matt is sick of having blue balls and tells the guys to leave him behind so he and Electra can finally touch genitals. The building collapses on top of Daredevil and his lady, R.I.P. Except about two minutes later, we see him wake up in a mysterious convent. Ooh. The end. Thank you very much, Damask. Thank you. <laughs> we got a tweet uh, over the, while I was away in Japan, actually, from somebody mm. who was because we talked about in a previous episode that you know if you want to skip these parts, you know the story, you can just go ahead a few yeah. minutes. And they were like, "Why do we skip it? It's the best part of the ep- of the <laughs> podcast." I was like, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice, but also kind of rude." <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's all good. I don't know about oh, the no, best. No. Do they just turn it off as soon as no, I? No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. No, that is nice. I appreciate uh, that. I thought so too. All right. Uh, five, before we get into discussion points, five word summation. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Sure. You always have options, so I'll let you go first. I've only time. got two options. Oh, actually, really? Okay. And they kind of say the same thing. Okay. Uh, three out of four ain't bad. That I swear that was, I used something two out of three ain't bad was oh, something really? I said. <laughs> I used that on Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember anything you say. <laughs> anyway, well, what's yours? Less than its parts combined. Ooh. I wanted to say less than some of its parts, but that's not five words. So I had to rephrase it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into the thick of it then. First and foremost, let's just talk about the fact that Netflix have learnt. At least <laughs> they seem to have learnt a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of our major criticisms of all these Defenders shows series so far. Series length. Has been series length and mm-hmm. episode length. Mm-hmm. So 13 episodes that run very close to an hour, sometimes over. Mm. can get really tedious, especially if there's not enough story or plot to go around. So it's interesting that this series, which combines four different television shows into one, happens to be five episodes shorter than any of their individual series. Yeah. I do love that Netflix has the goal to call an eight-episode long series a mini-series. Yeah, I'm I like, saw that's, mini-series as well. I'm like, that's, that's hilarious, but sure, <laughs> let's go with that That means not? everything that ever comes out in the UK is a mini-series. Yeah. There's no <laughs> such thing as just a full season. Everything's a mini-series. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very good. Um, yeah, so I, I certainly was happy about the season length. I watched it in a day. Right. Which is nice when you're able to do that because we have a lot of stuff to watch and we also have jobs. Yes. So being able to do that is very nice. The um, I wasn't able to watch all at once. I was able to watch the first two episodes while I was traveling. Mm-hmm. Getting a hold of, I wanted to watch it while I was on my way back on the plane. Yeah. But Netflix, you know how Netflix does the thing we can download episodes to devices. Yeah. It doesn't do it for its Marvel series, which is really annoying because I would have downloaded it all. Why? Don't know. But I was able to watch the six episodes on my first day back, basically <laughs> since I've since I've been back, so we could be ready for this podcast. That's good. Um. But that wasn't daunting. I wasn't looking at it going, oh, no, oh my God, we have to delay the podcast or something like that. Mm. Um, although this is, this is almost a week since the series came out by the time of recording. But still, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I really appreciate that it was only eight episodes. It didn't feel like I didn't get to the middle of it. I got to the middle of it and went, oh, there's only four to go. Not, Such a oh, nice my God, feeling. there's seven more episodes yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. I think that's what... Uh, like I was happy to watch the whole series in a day because mm. I'd watched a few and I was like, oh, I only have it like another four to go or whatever it might be or another five to go, which comparative to like 
their previous series, it's, it's so long. Yeah. And so I never really feel I'm at that point until I'm like episode 11. I'm like, oh, finally. Yeah. But yeah, so it was just, it was a breeze. Six, six hours and 40 minutes of total runtime. That's like the Return of the King extended edition. Like that's almost like the actual <laughs> runtime of one film. Yeah. Which is nice. Like, is that I true? Can is it, it's not. Uh, it's, it's close to five hours, I think, that really? film. Really? Yeah, the extended edition of Return of the King is pretty ridiculous. Oh, okay. But it's not that far off. Okay, It's right. like, yeah. It's so I've been meaning to like rewatch the extended editions oh, so recently. Good. Yeah, but but I don't know how I'm going to find the time. You need to like put a day aside. Yeah. A full... Maybe a weekend, actually. Mm. Anyway, but that was good. And even the episode lengths, I think one of them was 42 minutes. And I saw it like, because I would Beautiful. check them to see yeah. what I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Go. Go right ahead. Yeah. No, that's fine. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate that. And Netflix learned from that. If you don't have enough story for 13 episodes, mm-hmm. just cut a few out. Just edit them down. You can probably edit them after the fact even. I'd be interested to see if they have actually learned from that and what no, will happen will. in future seasons. I'm almost sure that it was just because they, I don't know, whether they, it was a miniseries thing, it's meant to be special, therefore it's, they're trying to condense Truncate it down it, yeah. or maybe even a money thing. because Budget, they would have got ha- four stars. Four here, stars, yeah. exactly right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Strong start was my next point. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about how much I was enjoying the show at episode one. I was so excited. I was so excited. I was pretty excited. into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I've got my notes here. First episode's pretty good. Strong visual language. It's mm. good catching up with everyone and establishing where they all are. Yeah. I just felt that they sort of this thing that was happening where you'd go from one and then you do the little and you'd flip to the next person and see what they were doing. And you could sort of start to see them, they were going to come together eventually in the mm-hmm. story, but it was... It, it just started in a really... I, I enjoyed like seeing Luke coming out of prison. Yeah. Resolution on that story. Didn't know, need to know the ins and outs of the whole dossier thing. Just like, oh, yeah, you're out. You fix that now. Make his way back to New York. Catch up with Claire. Finally have coffee. Bone zone. <sighs> you know, all those things. And there was a bit of catharsis there in a lot of those storylines because of it. Mm-hmm. Even like we talk, didn't like... I, I think I liked Daredevil Season 2 more than you in the end. I don't think that's true. I think I think I, I think I rated it more than season one, which I think was I think we flipped our scores on those. Anyway, right, Daredevil okay. season two. Yeah. Like I'm left sort of going Ugh, about Matt and Foggy and Karen and stuff like that. Yeah. But seeing Matt by himself was like this actually feels alright. I kind of like where I've got everyone at the moment. I was really enjoying the Matt stuff. Mm, yeah, and so actually, was I. and this isn't just in the beginning. Overall, I cared more in the defenders about. About that trio, Matt. yeah, like their friendship, than I did both season one and two of right. Daredevil. Okay, because I think the less I see of Karen doing <laughs> investigating, the better. Um, and Foggy got a haircut. Thank Christ! It's in for one. That. That's one of my quick fire comments. It's just like how much it <laughs> I, makes a difference. It's in mine a haircut. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think yeah, and I also at the very beginning those four distinct distinct styles visually as like clear like different chapters of this story different storylines mm. it, it broke it up it was fun mm-hmm. um the editing was, was fun there's energy to that when you're going like there was from definite one to the energy next, to the to next. you're yeah. never stuck in one place for too long mm-hmm. and because they're all essentially a plots yeah they they're all their own individual a plots rather than some weird like c plot um that involves you know, side characters don't really give a crap about. I yeah. care about all of them mm-hmm. to some degree. Danny Rand will get to another. <laughs> but, you know, at least it's like it feels like it's integral to the plot. Yeah. It, it had a really good pace to it because of that. 
So you, you it sounds like you certainly, like, of course you noticed. It makes it sound like you're a dummy. The whole <laughs> color coding thing that was going mm, on. Luke's yeah. was yellow. Jessica Jones's were blue, were blue. Daredevil's was red. Iron Fist is green. Mm-hmm. And they were really deliberately making sure those colors were tinted to each thing. Were yeah. you enjoying that early on? Did you find that helpful or? I don't, I don't know if I found it helpful, but I liked it. Mm. I, I don't even know if I can describe to you why I liked it. It, it. Well, like it did feel energized. It felt um, comic booky, yeah. I guess, which it was for help set the tone for me. And also, while because at the beginning those stories are disjointed, yeah, by visually acknowledging, being like, "Hey, these are disjointed this is stories." Where I'm at. You are here um, now. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, clearly the creators know that that's what's happening. Yeah, they're they're comfortable with it. Makes me comfortable with it. And it actually like having. That color code actually makes it a little bit more cohesive, I think. Did you appreciate it as the series went along? Because I started to find it getting a little bit in the way after a while. There was one scene I remember distinctly going, oh, that's just getting silly now, where mm-hmm. Jessica Jones goes to visit, uh, what's her friend's name? Um, I want to say which Vicky one? Vale. Trish. Trish, thank you. Yeah. I want to say Vicky Vale, which is a Batman right. reporter's okay. name. Anyway. Say I have no idea who that is. Um, Goes to visit Trish in the restaurant and the restaurant's lit blue during the middle of the day. And I'm like, that's really weird. And oh, then she that. starts a fight with somebody and there's blue light and red light. I'm like, oh, Daredevil's going to enter the scene in a second. Right. And then Daredevil <laughs> enters the scene. I'm like, uh, mm. probably didn't need that much. That's getting a little on the nose. Yeah, I mean, I, I was very garish and like, yeah. not, that's not that's not real lighting. That's silly. Yeah, there were certain moments when later on in the season when I did notice it. Mm. Um, but I, I did feel feel it was a little superfluous. It wasn't necessary. Yeah. Whereas um, I think earlier on it serviced the story. The other time they used it, and I think thematically was smarter, was smart to use it there, was when they were in the Royal Dragon Chinese restaurant. Mm. And like that place, again, doesn't make sense lighting wise, but like every, (laughs) it's almost like split into fourths lighting wise. At that point, they're separate and they're trying to come together. So Mm -hmm. the idea that they're, they're not, a cohesive white light, yeah. yet they're these separate sort of sections. Yeah, I mean, it's visual storytelling, right. which is helpful. Which I appreciate to yeah. some degree, though it did look a little silly at times as well. The other thing I noticed visual storytelling-wise, mm. particularly in the first couple of episodes, was that there just was a style to mm-hmm. the yeah. camera work, to the shots. It wasn't necessarily super dynamic or original, mm. but... There was this stuff where they were using Dutch tilts. There was these um, choices to frame people, particularly when they were having um, like two characters having dialogue where Mm -hmm. you go to your singles and they would put the people right. Like it's, they were, it's hard to explain without just showing you, but they would place the characters really into the side that Mm -hmm. they were talking into. So normally when you, when you frame a shot like that, you whichever side the person is talking into of the camera, you leave that space open there and it makes it feel open. Right? You can sort of see the space they're talking into mm-hmm. and then you can normally see like the shoulder of the person they're talking to or whatever. So it's like an over-the-shoulder shot. In these ones, they would have the person rammed up in, like they were into the side and leave all this negative space behind the character mm-hmm. or to the side they weren't talking into. And that creates a very claustrophobic, uncomfortable feeling and it was done very deliberately Um 
And sometimes I think it was more effective than others. Sometimes I think it was just done to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly got that quite a few times. I was like, I get what you're doing. I get that you want like style, a stylish yeah. show. But sometimes it was just, it was distracting. Yeah. And didn't service the scene or the characters or whatever it was trying to do. Uh, but I think I appreciated the style in this show mm-hmm. simply because if you're going to make a comic book show, like this is a comic book. Uh, sometimes that style helps. Whereas I think with things like the Iron Fist, it's so comic booky, but st- stylistically, it looks like a normal show. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is a shit. Sh- this is a shit show. Because <laughs> quite literally, figuratively yeah, and literally, yeah. That's right. Because without the style signifying to me that that's the show you're making, it actually it totally feels weird. Um, so if you've got that comic book style and then you've got comic book stories, it, it helps me kind of like, oh, okay, this is what this is. This wasn't in my notes to talk about this specifically, but it's an interesting point because I think it's a problem that this show, these shows, mm. these Defenders Netflix series, and I haven't watched enough of like, I haven't watched Green Arrow or any of the WC ones or the WB yeah. ones, are they called, but the... Um, the I watched a bit of Arrow. Yeah, right. The... I think that's a barrier they come across a lot is mm. trying to make it feel comic booky and actually being able to effectively do that. Like it's so much easier and cheaper just to revert back to a, you know, a normal television language, something mm. you'd see in any drama or, you know, dramedy or whatever, that this is where the the movies like the MCU movies obviously have the advantage because they've got the money to make the scope big. And this is the this is the reason that comic books exist, right? Mm. Is because in an age where we couldn't visually represent things on a grand scale, you could just draw the panel and have explosions and, you know, high intense drama and colour and stuff like that. And you try and translate to the TV screen. And we're at an age now where we're doing a Game of Thrones podcast in a couple of weeks mm. where that shit's getting crazy in terms of its visual fidelity. <laughs> like that's that's movie level visual yes, stuff. Yes, it is. This show still stuck well behind that. Yeah. And even every the attempts it makes sometimes work and often just feel, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if this is entirely true of the WB shows, but when I, I was watching Arrow and when I've, you know, flipped over to like one of those shows, caught a, a glimpse of them, I wonder if with the strong style that comic books create, if you have that and then you then translate to the TV sh- sh- to a TV show and oftentimes in TV you're using directors who are kind of what they call like j- journeymen yeah, yeah yeah um who 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 just work in TV and aren't necessarily given the opportunity to really go bam this is kind of the feeling of a show or this is kind of like the style of a show that I want to create mm-hmm. so without that clear um directorial direction vision, vision or, yeah, yeah yeah um it, I, maybe it gets lost. Whereas maybe in a comic sh- comic book show, you need a consistent director, someone with a a clear their own visual language, their own visual style to kind of translate that a little bit easier. Which is interesting because it's something that's not very frequently done in television. Mm. It's much more common for these shows, particularly with huge production budgets, and even things like Game of Thrones, which while they have. Um, Weiss and Benioff as the sort of two showrunners ahead of it, they yeah. still have directors that do one or two episodes in a season mm-hmm. because it's much easier to manage that. Trying to film 
eight or ten hours of television or whatever as mm. one director. It's fucking crazy. You don't do that with film. You don't film a ten-hour movie, yeah. especially on a TV's time frame. Maybe for Peter Jackson and you're fucking insane, you do it over <laughs> 18 months to two years mm. and do a trilogy that way, but a single film is hard to do. And it's one thing I've been hearing a lot about that's pretty crazy about, and I'm getting off topic a little bit here, Twin Peaks, The Return. Mm. Um, what's his name? Lynch, David Lynch. Mm. is directed all 18 episodes of that by himself. Yeah, right. And it's they are hour-long episodes, each one basically. And visually, like I don't want to spoil my feelings on on this Twin Peaks season because I think it's going to be a really interesting episode to talk about. But visually, that show is like nothing on television. and That's really exciting to hear. And it you can tell how much care has gone into the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. Um. And Game of Thrones does that too. Like Game of, like Game of Thrones, even though it has different directors, they've chosen their directors. Like there's certain ones they've chosen for their action-oriented episodes and stuff like that. But there's something pretty incredible, spoiling my thoughts, about, <laughs> about David Lynch being able to do that. Like it's insane that he's done it. I can't – it's crazy that he was able to put in – like to get 18 hours worth of television made as a director by himself. But boy – it does pay off from a visual sense at least. Mm. Anyway. I'm excited. I'm excited to – I've only watched the first episode, but to right. actually delve into that show. Mm. Mm. But it's, it's, it's nice to know that there is room for creators to be able to do that. And sure, like not everyone is a lynch and I was going to be that's given the, the opportunity to do that. I don't know if that's – you'll very likely see that at all or ever again. Mm. But I think if – Marvel TV had the gumption that Marvel Film have had and have given uh, creators or, you know, directors and for TV showrunners that amount of uh, leeway that they gave, you know, Joss Whedon and stuff to kind of do what they need to do to make a really good show slash film. I think they would be making some of the best TV shows on television. But they haven't done that. No, I think that's exactly what's missing here. If we can... And it's so... obvious and easy to compare this and possibly unfairly a little bit, but compare this to the other Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff because they are tied together. And mm. this was born from the Avengers stuff that's happening on the, on the silver screen. But one of the things I love about the MCU is that a, I just find the movies generally enjoyable and at the very least functioning as an enjoyable popcorn film. Mm-hmm. But very often more frequently than you would expect for such a huge blockbuster series of movies, a bunch of studio films, I can also feel the director has gone into this with love and passion and been given some creative freedom at least to Mm. express themselves in really interesting ways and they choose interesting directors. And that love just has not been at any stage given to this Defender stuff. The Defender stuff feels conveyor belt now. It really does. Like they're putting out two or three of these series a year on Netflix and they all feel like they've come off the same conveyor belt, essentially. Mm -hmm. There's so little to separate them, even though these characters are theoretically very different. Yeah, it's it wears you down. Yeah, totally. I think as much as I did enjoy The Defenders, I enjoyed it in a very different way than I would one of the Marvel films. Yeah. I was like, this is just fun and I'm not hating it yep. the way that I've hated previous series. So, therefore, like, it feels better than it is, I think. But, like, for Marvel, like, for your brand, I shouldn't have extremely low expectations for your product. I really shouldn't. And that's but how now you went I into do. Defenders? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about that. So, you seem to have complicated feelings on Defenders. Let's just generally talk about how you felt at the end of these eight episodes. How did I feel at the end? I was... Or um, as you were watching it, like yeah, generally what's your sort of takeaway from I was generally it? having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so happy to see Jessica Jones again. Sure. And it made me like really excited for season two of mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. Though I'm not sure what they're going to do there. But I, I am excited for that. I'm excited to see... I was excited to see her and Luke again. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the dynamic that came out. And it's exactly what I wanted between Matt, Matt and Jessica. Mm-hmm. And it, it softened him. It made him more laid. It made him more interesting. Seeing him actually have like a sense of humor that made sense in a human world. The, the, a couple of times that things worked, particularly with Daredevil, was just having him sort of... Just chuckle. Chuckle or you've got Jessica who is highly cynical. Sardonic, yeah. And Luke who... I, he's less so, but you, yeah, you'd have that moment where he'd try and be positive. He'd try to be the leader, which he was told he had to be by stick. And everyone's mm. just sort of like, no. <laughs> and he's just sort of like, why do I even bother trying? Yeah. And like, that's a good dynamic. You need like... He's like the exasperated dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which really worked. It worked really well. Um, so, that's, that's what I wanted by these characters coming together. So, it was part of that that I was really, really excited for. What I mean, but ultimately... The story itself, I was like, this is pretty meh. Mm. Um, the hand still is not interesting <laughs> at all. Uh, Danny Rand is still the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those bits I was rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, I really, I wish you weren't in this. I really, truly wish you weren't in this. And I'm talking to both the hand and Danny. Um, but when I when Luke and Matt and Jessica were together or doing stuff, I was pretty happy. I was having a, a good time. Mm. I'm definitely going to agree with you first and foremost on the Iron Fist elements, just in generally being the worst part of this show. Yeah. And that is especially Danny and includes the hand. Mm-hmm. Now, the hand has not just been in the Iron Fist. The hand has obviously been a big part of Daredevil as well. Mm-hmm. But they put so much emphasis on Danny, the Iron Fist, how important <laughs> that is. They need him. Mm-hmm. He's got the key that's going to get the hand to do this. And then you've got Sigourney Weaver coming to play this villain for six episodes, yeah. uh, who's the leader of the Hand, essentially. And we find out more about who the Hand are and where they come from. But i got to tell you, this mythology is getting a little bit messed up. I'm really getting confused as to like where... The, because we've talked about... We've heard about the chase and we've heard about like how the Hand came to be. But now we're talking about the Hand who used to be in Kunlun. And then we're talking about like last... In Iron Fist, we had Madame Gao and Bakudo. And like Bakudo took Madame Gao... Prisoner, prisoner, but yeah. like, but now they're just working together, and they sort of hand wave it away. But I'm like, by being like, oh, we've all fought each other in the past, yeah, but now we're coming together. This is yeah. terrible <laughs> politics, surely terrible. Yeah, and it makes them, unfortunately, the more murky that gets, rather than clear, because like they're trying to clarify it, but by doing so, just make you go, but wait a second, what about that bit? Mm. Makes them less credible as as a villains or well, as any sort of just global force. They talk about them being a global entity and yet it feels like Doesn't, everything that takes yeah. place is in that bloody tower. And they keep talking about like, if we destroy the building, we won't destroy the hand. But then like, no, maybe it will. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't seem like they're very powerful. Yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah. I mean, we have, yeah, the, yeah, the five of them. Um, and they all seem to be, you know, pretty great fighters, but then they apparently need Electra who was just another great fighter. But the, um, the black sky still... I'm it, it doesn't st- make... It's dumb. She's not that great. 
at all. Like she, I, she, she feels daredevil on, will beat her. She feels on par with the rest of the hand. Absolutely. And you know what? The hand could go toe to toe, <laughs> fingers, toes, whatever, uh, toe to toe. <laughs> sure. With the defenders. Yeah. Like they're equally matched. And I'm they like, did. this is not how it should be at all. Madam Gao was doing shit that I can't see Electra doing. Like she's fucking no. pushing shit without she like, in contact. Need to like, yeah, be. She's like a range fighter. She's yeah. a ranger. I'm like, that's that's dope, but also. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like the defenders really had much of a mountain to climb. It was a lot of Sigourney Weaver just on the Electra thing, just talking about how powerful that that Electra was, the Black Sky was. Yeah. But and a lot of people were going, "We've got the Black Sky," but and yeah, <laughs> please give her something more interesting than just being good at fighting with fists, which we've been having for four series already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Get the thing that because you've got like on the defenders, they're all fighters mm-hmm. for. First and foremost. First and foremost. Sorry, my brain's not working today. Um, yeah, so they're all fighters. So make their villain something that completely undercuts fighting. Hey, what was Jessica Jones great for? Because we had a villain who exactly. was scary because you couldn't just beat him by fucking fighting him. Yeah, he was way more interesting than that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is and that there's a reason he's the best villain. That, that yes. Because he's the perfect Kil- foil. Kilgrave? Kilgrave, yeah. yeah, Kilgrave. Perfect foil for someone like Jessica Jones. Yeah. She's super powerful. She can anyone comes in her way, she can get past them, but somebody can control your mind? Not so much. Yeah. And so when you've just got another Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. And that's I guess that was my my big problems as well. The without going to detail, just listen to our Iron Fist episode if you want to know why <laughs> Danny Rand is the worst. But it continues on from here. Mm. I was a little bit happy that at least for one scene. Luke Cage called him out on his white boy, rich boy privilege. Yeah. It's, it's, yes, great. But I think it (laughs) also is exactly what I said was going to happen. Yes. Which is like they might acknowledge it, but then not going to delve into it in any kind of enriching way. And it wasn't. Do you think it's possible? It was a Tumblr comment or like any comment that anyone who watched Iron Fist made. But they didn't do anything with it, did they? Have you heard the rumor that Iron Fist is going to be in Luke Cage season two a lot? Probably feature it quite a bit. Cool. Do you think they might? Well, they. I don't yeah. know. It feels like this part of the formula they have here is throwing you little like crumbs mm. that will eventually lead to a bigger if, discussions if later. That, yeah, I mean, if that leads to something awesome, I'm I'm all for that. I think a big part of them making that dynamic work is that they need to get rid of this idea that Iron Fist should be an angsty character. Oh, it yeah. doesn't fucking work at all. Yeah. At all. Uh, he needs to be like, if he's like, he's a man child, mm. then make that his character. Like he's like, you know, the playboy who like just kind of does what he wants and isn't like, he's a kid. He's just a kid. But if you make him angsty when he's like this billionaire dude who can do whatever the fuck he wants, he's the chosen one and he's still angsty, piss off. The The problem is that it's just, there's so much mysticism and stuff wrapped up doing it. He's got to represent all these, like he has this conversation with Luke Cage about like meditating and like chi and stuff like this, mm. but he's just so not, like he's earned, he keeps talking about how he passed the test to become <laughs> the Iron Fist and it's like, I don't know how and you're not giving me a compelling argument that this mm. should be the guy what over like Davros yeah. or whatever his name was, Davos, Davos yeah. in the Iron Fist season that, I, I'm, there's no compelling reason that he earned it or no compelling reason that he maybe didn't earn it mm-hmm. and this is a more interesting story because of it. Yeah. It just is, he's both things. He's both able to be mystical and sort of like spiritual but also an angsty teen and not and only in an annoying way. 
Yes. Only in an irritating, like, I don't care about you or like you mm. way. I mean, there were, there were moments in this show where, like, clearly they know that everyone hates Iron Fist and that he is the worst. And so they have this dynamic of everyone kind of shitting on him, which is great. I, I appreciate that because I fucking hate him. Um, and I, I think that would have that, – that did make him – in very brief moments, a little bit more likable. It's just unfortunate that they, the driving force of the plot is him. So when they have moments where he's He's like, such a centerpiece. Yeah. When he's like, I'm the most important person in the world. And everyone's like, fuck off, mate. That's good. But then if you reinforce his shitty opinion of himself by making him the center of the plot and making him the most important person in the world, it's like, this guy gets fucking everything. He mm. is the most important person in the world and he's a dick. Because the, the other person that gets to be the, the second focal point of this series is Matt because of his because relationship of Electra, with Electra yeah. more than anything and just the hand and stick and stuff in mm-hmm. general, which means that Luke and Jess are both there but don't drive the plot a lot. Mm. It's kind of them both at times just going, I don't know if I want to do this, walk away for a bit <laughs> and come back. Yeah. And like that's their involvement is mm-hmm. to just sort of be either sticks in the mud or I don't really that there's no there is no apart obviously they're saving the world but there's no not a whole lot of emotional investment except that their family's going to be targeted yes. got to make sure that that's put clear let's put all our side characters <laughs> in one room essentially together yeah um, what a wasted opportunity that was it, like that when they sucks. put all of the families and friends into that one room I was like, oh, fuck yeah, you know what's going to happen? The hand's going to come in yeah. and attack that room and there's going to be some like real stakes. Oh, fuck, that's cool. Nothing happens in that room. Well, that was my thought was always putting them all in the same place, the dumbest thing you could possibly <laughs> do. The <laughs> yeah. hand have a global organization. They're all there. That's mm-hmm. a super easy target. But they didn't even like they didn't exploit that, making the hand kind of dumb yeah. and not powerful. <laughs> not at all. Like, like we've Misty about- Knight could just put them in an office space and – impenetrable apparently they cannot get to them it's like how many times have we talked about how the police are corrupt yeah. like that that yeah I, whether it's kingpin or it's like hand, kingpin could have killed them all, all in a of second. there's there's at least 50 percent of that police station <laughs> owned, uh, by kingpin. owned by kingpin yeah. and he should have just been able to wipe them out yeah like the hand should have hired kingpin to uh, destroy <laughs> the defenders he would have done it in an afternoon yeah just dumb but this is where I wanted to go as well. Moving on from the Iron Fist just being the worst thing ever. <laughs> the, I think the thing that frustrated me the most about... No, the second thing that... Thing, <laughs> the second most about this series was just that we kept experiencing the same old problems yeah. in terms of things that have been bad in the other series. Bad writing, bad chemistry, asshole protagonists and boring, stupid, lame, lame antagonists. Mm. I just kept running into those walls again and again and again and again. And it, the big, I think the other thing was that, especially after Iron Fist, my, I'm, I've lost some patience a little bit. Of so, course you have. So We've watched so much of this Marvel stuff, Brod. It's totally fair that I'm we're now ready just like, to fuck on. you guys. Yeah. So when those things keep coming up again, I'm less inclined to give any leeway. Yes, yes. And just, just there's some lines. I know I'm, like happy that you're happy that Jessica Jones is in this, and I liked Jessica Jones being it too, mm-hmm. and I like Kristen Ritter and her yep. performance. Fuck, she is written poorly in this show, as far as I'm concerned. She okay. is made. She is given. I know she's snarky, but it's like the most basic version of snarky ever. Mm. It's oh, there was a line. I'll get to it's in my quick fire notes. Okay, and I'll quick fire comments. I was just like, 
No, that's just nothing there. There was, oh, what was the line? When they're going into the building and she's like, if you guys had told me last week that I'd be with you guys in this building and fighting ninjas, and I'm like, that's not a thing a human being says. Oh, I don't remember that line. I must have boxed it out. It actually leads up to a moment where uh, Matt says like, oh, but I'm glad that you're here. And then there's that like, awkward little moment where like Luke Cage is like, I'm not going to hug you. And he's yeah. like, gets all exasperated, Dad. I didn't mind that beat. Yes. Right, but right, the right. setup that mm. Jessica Jones was given was yeah, so yeah. just basic or... I can see how she was used as a tool to infuse humour. And not as a character. And not as a bit character, that me, yes. Right? Which is frustrating. So they mm-hmm. gave, they're like, Jessica Jones is snarky and, and doesn't want to be here. They put that element in, but they didn't put Jessica Jones the interesting dynamic, dynamic mm-hmm. complex cool thing that made jessica jones the series so great yeah in this show i that i sucks. i understand where you're coming from there it didn't affect me just because i fuck i needed that even if it, she was just like used as a tool I, I needed it in this show and god it was it helped again Kristen ritter helped her performance helps a lot oh yes i just don't think the writing was there for her fair enough or for a lot of the characters at times but that's a different mm-hmm. story I think the style helped in this show with the poor writing. Because I was like, oh, well, this is comic book writing. This is like in a panel, you just see that. And it's just like, oh, it's okay. Whatever. That's, I feel like that is really underserving comic books. <laughs> like okay. I, I will show you there, is, there are comic books and there are comic books. Okay. And I can show you comic books where that's not a problem. Okay. Where like there is some great graphic novels and comic books out there that yeah, don't I'm, fall for this thing. Yeah. What I'm not it, talking necessarily about graphic novels. Um, not even that. Like gra- a graphic novel just means like I'm pointing at some here on the shelf above my TV. The Runaways. Recording. The Runaways are a collection of individual comics. Right. That is a graphic novel. Well, that's a trade paper. That's a trade essentially. But the like you can consider that first one there a graphic novel. It tells a complete story, right? Okay. In that first Runaways yeah. book that's sitting up there. That's a complete arc and a story. Mm-hmm. And what and it was separated into individual comics that were brought out a month between each of them. Mm. But that... They didn't have this sort of writing. In okay. it. To me, this just is just first draft level TV writing. Okay. So often the scripts feel to me like we've got to get our characters to this point, this point, this point, this point. Here is the most basic version of the dialogue and no one went in or they did try and punch it up, but they punched it up with a really obvious Jessica Jones <laughs> snark comment. Yeah, they right. don't actually go in there and go, okay, now how can we make this conversation between Jessica Jones and Luke or and Danny Rand or whoever mm. actually interesting from a character perspective? And the couple of times they try, they fail miserably. I... I know that Iron Fist and Luke Cage in the comic books are known to be a pairing mm-hmm. and they are alluding to that or at least trying to fan service that. Yeah, that's either coming or that, yeah. that, that they want to acknowledge that that's a thing. Yeah. And so they have this awful scene where they're talking about meditating and like the different paths and stuff and like Luke Cage just being all, you know, cool and stoic or whatever and Danny Rand is being all frustrated with him and they talk about the path and they like, Oh, you sound like me now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and they have it's like that's a bonding moment. Fuck you. That is not that is nothing. You have you have yeah. written the most basic scene between these two characters. There is nothing there that's interesting. That was my frustration. Okay, fair. I'm 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 not disagreeing with you. Anyway. So that's that's fine. I'm saying it it didn't affect me. Uh, maybe they've just literally beaten me down to this maybe. point that I will just take anything. Um uh, but I yeah, I remember like even in my rundown I mentioned the the scenes with like Luke and Danny and just being like their conversation is pretty much like 
trying to find chemistry yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. But there is knows, not chemistry there. It knows there's meant to be chemistry mm-hmm. there. It knows this, how they're meant to be because the comic books did it that way. It, they're meant to be these buds or whatever. But they can't actually get there because they don't, they're not strong enough writers to do it. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm going to say something. Yeah, here we go. Um, and I kind of skirted around it when we were talking about Iron Fist. Oh, here we go. Because I didn't want to be an asshole. Yeah. But I just got to say it. Sure. Finn Jones is fucking terrible. He's terrible. He's a terrible actor. Who's this? Finn Jones. Which one's he? Iron Fist. Oh, Finn Jones. I think he said Vin Jones. Like Vin? Vinnie, like Vinnie Jones. Uh, Vin Diesel's uh, <laughs> weird brother who has the same first name but different last name. No, That's I how... Think- isn't, isn't Vinnie Jones like an English like actor? He's like he was always be like a thug in like. Oh, a, he's in like those soccer movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's Vinnie Jones. Yeah, okay. Oh, Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he he might actually be just be bad actor. He's bad. I think he I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt in the Iron Fist because that entire show is bad. But mm. I have to agree with you. I don't think he's a very good actor. No, and maybe he is better when he's able to be a character that's lighthearted or whatever, but he can't do angst mm-hmm. at all. And honestly, if you can't do one form of emotion, you're probably just a shit actor. But it's 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 bad. It's yeah. really bad. And I think um, if anyone was going to be left at the bottom of that fucking pit to die, it should have been Iron Fist. Agreed. Well, if you... Oh, please kill. Please kill Iron Fist. No, no. He's getting a whole other season. I've looked ahead. The schedule is Punisher comes out in November... Then we've got just. I'm kind of down for Punisher, to be honest with you. I'm kind of down for it. But they're going to let me down, aren't they? They're going, of course they yeah. are. <laughs> what I'm are you talking a, about? I'm such a fool. All right, go on. Jessica Jones, season two. I'm down for Daredevil, that. Daredevil, season three. Maybe. Luke Cage, season two. Probably not. Iron Fist, season two. Definitely not. And maybe another Defenders at the end of that. Who knows? We'll, we'll talk about what, what, what okay. we're going to do about the future of these okay. shows when we get to the end of it. <laughs> Um, but I don't think you're wrong about him being a bad actor. Yeah. My The last point I wanted to make before oh, we get back to your stuff. Sorry. I'm going to throw this to you in a second. Yeah. I guess I just want to summarize all of this with my five point, five word summation that I had oh, yes. earlier. Lesser, well, not in five words, but less than the sum of its parts. I think that the biggest disappointment for me is that when you throw these characters together, ideally they should elevate each other like I think mm. they do in... 
So let's look at the Avengers, for instance. I think the one great thing about the first Avengers film, maybe not the second one, but the first one is that when you put all those things together and combine them, they actually tended to bounce off each other really interestingly yes. and there's a lot of chemistry there. And you get to the end of that movie and yes, it has the the it helps that they can have the budget to make it spectacular as well, but you see them fine together and you're like, this is awesome. This is what I've wanted to see mm-hmm. and I can feel why them as a team feels better. Yes. In this, they can't do the visual fidelity stuff, but maybe what they can do is make this interesting dynamic, have them bounce off each other in effective ways, mm-hmm. have the characters... Yeah, you know, reflect each other well, and that's bounce thing. off if each other. If you're and- te- a te- television writer and you know you don't have the uh, visual or budgetary capabilities of a film, mm-hmm. then you need to reach those heights emotionally. Yeah, exactly. That's right. what you're aiming for. Exactly. So it's not just like a mini Avengers visually. It's it's something bigger in the way that television can be because we get eight hours or six hours or whatever it is. Yep. That's your strength. Fucking play to it. And that was my problem is that mm. when you bring this together, they should, it should be greater than some of its parts. They should come together and make something that's bigger or better or at least different or whole. Mm-hmm. Instead, I feel like we've brought in three characters that I like and one that I hate and the one that I hated <laughs> brought all the others down. Yes. Yes, yes. I, I did like that um, this, they like, managed to separate Anyway, go, go, go. No, they, when they got put him out yeah. for a while and just left the other three together, that yeah, was definitely that was better. Good. And I do think Matt is better here than he was through parts of season one and two Agreed. of Daredevil. Mm. But Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are worse off in this show. Mainly because they've got nothing to do. Yeah, I think Luke Cage is at his best in Jessica Jones. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those two together, they can make one another better. I think Matt, for me, was most... Definitely was my favourite version of Matt. Yeah. Because um, he's given a chance to have a bit of levity, which is important for me. Yeah. God damn it. I need that to like recognise someone as human yep. is have both the light and the dark. Yeah. Um, so that was good for me. But yeah, no, anytime Danny Rand was around, I was like, fuck off, mate. You're ruining it. Just a, a quote here that I found on Wikipedia of all places, by the way. Um, showrunner Marco Ramirez um, was quoted when he was talking about trying to combine the tones of, of the Defenders, the different shows. Mm-hmm. One of the things early on that I found helpful was not to think about how many differences the other series have to one another, but the opposite way and think about how much they had in common. That, to me, mm. was his problem. If you're just trying to find what's most in common about them, it was that they were a basic basic sort of Netflix action drama series. And mm. so a lot of this show is just reduced to what already makes them feel like a amalgamation. Like, if you talk about what they have in common, it's the unfortunately hokey writing and the th- those elements are what shine through. If he'd actually focused on the things that made them different, like... Maybe he could have made something that was more interesting by trying to combine those elements. Yeah, that's... Like, it could be messier, yeah. but it might also be more interesting at least. Well, that's what I liked about, like, the, that first episode is, well, yeah, we get the visual cues that things are different. But, you know, when we go and see Luke Cage, like, the music is what we know from Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously the, the colouring and, like, the the different angles and stuff that we got used to stylistically in Luke Cage. And then we also go to Jessica Jones, which has a different style, different music cues and all that kind of stuff. And when that was happening, it had a lot of, like we said earlier, a lot of energy. It was exciting to watch. And because of that, because of the confidence in that storytelling Mm -hmm. style, I was 
excited about what was to come. I was like, yeah. oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I was feeling as well. I just ultimately just gets really, really disappointing that I didn't come away going, oh, yeah, the defenders and like mm. these guys are a team and I know why they're together. And I understand that this series is a little less like optimistic and sort of grandiose as the Avengers. It has to be. It's more street level, level and more cynical. But yeah. just the whole, I don't know, it felt more like you're mixing like the Flintstones and the Jetsons together and going, what would happen if, rather than going, this is why, this is what we've been building up to. Mm-hmm. It's always been about getting to yeah. the defenders. This is important. And I just kind of didn't care about them as a team. Well, yeah, it felt like a little treat to people who were already big fans as opposed to this is actually something really important and cool on its own. Which when this was all announced... It was a. I mean, I think Daredevil was announced separately before the rest of the Defenders were. I think it was the Daredevil's TV series. Yeah, it was. When it was success and they're like, okay, we're making the Defenders. Yeah. But once you make that decision, you need to follow through with that. And like, I know like plot-wise they've been weaving threads to mm. here, but thematically it didn't reach a point. I'm like, no. oh, yes, the Defenders, the culmination of these four t- different television shows. Yeah, no, agreed. All right, I'm, I'm done with notes. All right. What have you got for us to mask? So it's just kind of what we were talking about before, but I've got this quote from the site. I'm going to say it wrong. Kotaku? Kotaku. Kotaku. Thank you so much for that. Um, and it was just a discussion. You know what? It could be Kotaku. I've never thought about it. I've always just gone Kotaku, but I could be completely wrong. I mean, that sounds right. Anyway, so it's just a discussion between like two of their writers and the article's what called like what we mostly didn't like about the defenders. It's a it's actually a pretty funny little article. Anyway, one, is that the one where we're, where in parentheses mostly didn't like or I think so I because remember. they do, they do those what we mostly liked about things. Right, which I always liked the way like they set up that they either generally liked or generally didn't like something, mm. but that it wasn't a hundred percent love. Yeah. I actually quite like those titles. Yeah. Uh, so the quote is. Instead of interesting internal struggles, we get eight long, drawn-out episodes leading to a foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. which I agree with, which because the big bad is the hand, we know it's going to end in that Absolutely. that big bad struggle. Uh, and so it's just, yeah, we get those eight episodes of we already know what's going to happen. And so the, there isn't a whole lot of tension in this show. Yep, 100% agree. At all. Yeah, it's a, it's very predictable. Yes. Extremely predictable what, yeah. what we're going to end up doing. Yeah, totally. Um, so, that's just like the little, the little quote I wanted to put in there. But something else I wanted to talk to you about was the very beginning of this series. Mm-hmm. We get an, uh, an action sequence, a fight scene mm-hmm. that was incomprehensible to me. I had no idea what was happening. Do you happening. mean the very first scene? Yeah. Because it's shot super dark and like... And you can't see a fucking thing and it's yeah. just like shadows and there's yeah. two chicks and you're like, or is it one chick? Who who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, is, it is. That's Electra, right? It's, it's whole- Electra, yes. And then there's like Colleen's also there. Yeah. I was like, so I didn't know if it was Colleen or if it was another woman as well. I, like I I couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, so that for that being their first kind of fight scene, I guess I was like, "Oh, that doesn't bode well." Mm. What What were your thoughts on the fight scenes throughout the show? Um, throughout the show, they were okay. They kept trying to do the same trick where they want to do it all in one take, but not really. Yeah. And so you have these like camera spins, camera spins, camera spins, mm-hmm. gets to a wall. The guy that was running a second ago past the camera then passes the camera again. Or Luke yeah. Cage that just did a particular action does the exact same particular action because they didn't time that right. They didn't have the skill to pull that off properly. It's certainly mm-hmm. nowhere near as impressive as what they were doing in, say, 
Daredevil season two with yeah. that stairway mm-hmm. fight, which I still think is the highlight action-wise of any of these shows. The stairwell one? Oh, yeah, that, so that was great. So good. That's, so, that's just a fun scene to watch. It is great, that scene. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, the act the, the biggest problem again is that we're just left it, it comes down to people punching and kicking, people mm. doing sword fighting or people like throwing heavy things at each other. Yeah. I find my favorite person action-wise to watch in this show is usually Luke Cage because of his his either just Fun to see people try and punch him and just like stand there. He does it with. So I love much- his nonchalance when yeah. he's just kind of like throw like lifting people up and throwing them away or taking a punch and just being like, ugh. He's like got, pushing them away. He doesn't have yeah. the same like fighting skills, <laughs> martial arts like Daredevil and stuff. Yeah. And neither does Jessica Jones. She doesn't have yeah. that either. But he he's just like complete apathy towards people attacking him. <laughs> I just enjoy yeah. that because of course he wouldn't have fear when someone's coming at him, or he wouldn't have to like steady himself. He's like, all right, now that you've done that, let me just. Push, done. And I enjoyed probably one of my favourite fight scenes just because it was fun to watch for that reason was Mm. the one in episode two where Danny fights uh, Luke. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It ends with with Danny punching with the Iron Fist and Mm -hmm. he actually gets... It's the same shot they did in Luke Cage where the guy's wrist broke, but in this one... It like does the thing it would normally do in the, mm-hmm. that shot where his face actually moves. Yeah, All right, that was cool. That was cool to have that reflection or that callback mm-hmm. and show the diff, like the power that the Iron mm. Fist has. Um, but the rest of the time when Danny's just like trying to punch him, he's just like standing there is so yeah. satisfying. There, there, are, there are a few moments when they're, you know, the four of them are all fighting together. And obviously, because like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones doesn't have any training, really. Mm-hmm. She's just strong. And so you see her kind of like standing in the background and then like Matt will be doing something awesome. And then like, obviously, he'll need someone to step in. And so she'll just like quickly walk in, just like punch someone and kind of like step back again. I'm yeah. like, that works because they're like working as a team and they understand each other's strengths. We do, I don't think we see enough of that though i, I think this is my problem yeah. and that's why the the thing that's the thing that's frustrating for me is that if you can't have spectacle you need to have creativity mm-hmm. and there's a lack of creativity yeah what luke does well is that he i i think they're a little bit more creative with him sometimes i like the bit in i think the last episode where the hand members set the like there's a gas leak and they like set it on fire with the sword sparks and then Luke comes over and like closes over because he's invulnerable yeah put his hand right over the flames and like close that off mm-hmm. pinch it off yeah. and like that is a just visually compelling to see I can I, you want to talk about comic book frames I can imagine seeing that just mm-hmm. like <laughs> it would look cool and is a creative use of his power I don't think they do enough of that. I think even when Madame Gao was like, she's, I think honestly, they wanted her to fight, but she's an old lady, so they can't actually have her doing action scenes, yeah. so they just made her push things instead, and it's boring as fuck to watch. <laughs> it's just not visually stimulating at all, so they mm. needed to be more creative, and I think part of the problem is that there's just not a whole lot that separates these people. One of the things, not an action thing, but Daredevil's powers particularly in the first couple episodes were represented a bit differently his ability to like super hearing and stuff Mm. they had this thing where they'd like having really close up on like his face and then it would like focus pull to the window and you'd understand that he's like hearing something Mm -hmm. outside and that was again in episode one i was getting like oh this is a different visual representation of the his powers but they don't really use in fact i feel like they forget sometimes that daredevil has super senses 
They don't use They remember in the Chinese restaurant when he's smelling the dumplings, but yeah. They remember he's smelling the dumplings. <laughs> they forget when Jessica Jones is chasing him, like following him. Mm. And I'm like, does he know she's there? Is he deliberately? I was confused in that scene. I was, I, and because then when he fi- when she's like, I have photos, he like crushes the camera. I was like, oh, so you didn't know that she was there taking photos. Yeah. So much for your super senses, Yeah, wouldn't dude. he hear like the clicking of the camera or He whatever, spent yeah. time with her. He seems to remember everyone's individual heartbeats. He should have known she was following her. He should have heard the camera click. Mm-hmm. And the idea that he wasn't aware enough and somehow she was able to get a photo get of him. Get around and then like get behind him again. You're and, shit, yeah. Daredevil. You're not <laughs> impressive at all. I found that really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, most of them is just either being good at kung fu or being super strong. And maybe there's just not enough there to do anything yeah. fun with it. So, yeah. they're just left doing the same old action scenes. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's a lack of creativity in the action scenes. And there's also just a lack of tension. Because it's just yeah. like a, they're just fighting ninjas and you know nothing really is going to happen to them. I was over ninjas in Daredevil Season 2. Yeah, like I was exactly. Du- I was done yeah. with The only ninjas. time I was like, oh, a bit of tension is any time Jessica Jones is really by herself and someone has a sword. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because mm. what's she going to do? She can't. She's still a person. She's strong, but she can definitely get cut up by a sword. Totally. But that was it. And yeah, generally I was just kind of like, eh, another fight. Cool. Yeah. yeah no, it's, um, it's got to, unfortunately, when you're making a comic book series about super strong people, mm. you've, I'm going to expect that to be good. And as I was saying earlier, if they can't make it, the fights and the action compelling, then you've got to make the interactions compelling. And if you're not doing that, then I'm not sure why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. That was my problem. All right. That's that's it for me. Cool. Should we get some quick fire comments then? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to go first. I have quite a lot. Um, Me too. <laughs> I'll try and get through them as quickly as I can. All right. Starting the clock. Claire belongs with Luke Cage and away from Iron Fist. Yes, please. Fuck, does Foggy's haircut help? Yes. Danny fighting Luke and having no effect on him is really satisfying. Yeah, watching him just be pushed around by Luke is great. Yeah, it's great. This bit with the guy... Gutting the bear is lifted directly from Game of Thrones season one yeah, with Tywin, Tywin skinning a deer. Same shots yeah. and everything. It was I was just like, oh, I've seen this exact scene before. Um, we've already seen the fight together. We've already seen them fight together. So having Jessica walk out only to return in the same episode and tease them fighting together is an extremely crescendo. So do you remember this bit when they're in the the Chinese... Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I felt the same way. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Whatever. And it just ends with them like getting ready to fight together. But you fought together last episode. <laughs> so that's not anything that's exciting to me. Seeing, seeing Stick suggest the sewers as an escape route makes me wish there was a, somehow a Teenage Mutant Turtles cameo. That would have been great. Yeah. Why isn't there more Claire in this show? I was just annoyed that she wasn't there for a long time. The only reason the good guys don't use torture is because he will resist it, not because they aren't willing to. So torture is apparently fully Wait, on the what? cards now. There's a bit where they've kidnapped the one of the hand members and mm. they're talking oh, about like, right, yeah. oh, we'll get the information from you because we'll torture you. And they're like, no, no, no. He's trained like Danny. He'll be fine. Mm. And it's like, oh, so you would have tortured him otherwise? <laughs> so much for being good people. Wasn't Gao a prisoner of Bakudo in Iron Fist? They're both two of the five fingers of the hand. They, that seems like bad politics. Trying to turn Colleen seems unlikely. This is Bakudo. Comes back. So boring. That bit. So boring. Who cares? We've, and if, she's clearly not going to. So Yeah, exactly what I was about to say. Why even bother as a story point? Either go there or don't. Don't go halfway yeah. and go, oh, I'm going to turn you. 
This shows wounded soldiers, so Claire has something to do is Colleen. She gets sliced <laughs> open by Bakudo and then Claire has to come in and Can I just say yeah. I don't like Colleen. No. I find her so boring and I don't believe for a second that Colleen and Claire would be friends. Because Colleen has no personality. Well that's the thing. The Claire Colleen matchup just was nothing. Bum, bum, yeah. Claire not a fan. should not have been kept away from these people so long. It should have been the four of them and Claire, as far as concerned. Agreed. She is connective tissue of these four people. Mm-hmm. Keep her around. She's like the, what's, what's his name? Coulson? Coulson? Coulson, yeah, yeah. That's a good that's, way of putting yeah. it. Bakudo talks like brain from Pinky and the Brain. It's got the same like cadence. Wait, what? Oh, you know, like cadence, really? Yeah. You know, you know Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay, Pinky, it's time to take <laughs> over the world. I know he had a very similar way of talking. I kept thinking. Right, that's funny. Karen, don't tell Matt to talk to you and keep cutting him off. Really pissed me <laughs> off. Just talk to me, Matt. You keep cutting him off. Say, Karen. Karen and Matt have no chemistry and no ten- tension. Car- Karen just isn't a person. Karen's the worst. Yep. Plan what plan? Luke kidnapped a guy and they're just hiding their friends. It's fucking nothing. They had no plan. This color thing is getting a bit much now. I knew Daredevil was going to enter Jessica's scene because red light mixed in with the blue. Kind of silly went that garish. Wait, Kunlung is destroyed by the hand, but the hand can't go there. Want to try to go there? And then they suggest that maybe it's not destroyed. That's what Dane wanted to see. They- I didn't understand any of that. I was so confused and I also didn't care. So whatever. What, wait, I thought Torch didn't work. Why doesn't Danny have a mask? Everyone seems to know who he is immediately. Oh, yeah, there was two different points. So wait, I thought Torch didn't work. So they, just, they decide to... Oh, yeah, Matt is torturing the guy now. Yeah, with his little baton with his thing. baton thing. Mm. I thought you weren't going to bother with that. <laughs> Okay. Why doesn't Danny have a mask? Everyone seems to know who he is immediately. Now, uh, please give the Iron Fist a mask. Iron please. Fist, Iron Fist needs a mask. Honestly, they all need masks. When they go to the building at the end and it's like Matt's got his gear on, but Jess and Luke don't, it's like, why even fucking bother? Yeah. Like, all of you should be wearing a costume at this stage. And that's going to get harder and harder to pull off because obviously, like, law enforcement is going to know who they are and then they're not going to be able to do what they need to do. Everyone in Harlem already knows who Luke Cage is. Yeah. Jessica Jones is famous for killing... Kilgrave. Yeah. Kilgrave. But not being convicted on that? I don't know what's going on there. Everyone everyone knows that she killed... Anyway. Why does Danny think it is insane that the Iron Fist can be a key? He is a warrior and can heal people. They all have superpowers. It's hardly a longbow to draw. And also, aliens kind of invaded your city yes. a few like years oh. ago so what's really out of the realm possibility here oh boy this is some lame escalation of tension i want to fight i want to fight but you don't want me you want me to hide is turning on each other and yet danny's the one who throws the first punch who is falling into a trap so dumb do you remember that scene yeah i remember yeah it's, it's just, just like can't you see this is all a trap but he's the it's like they're just trying to divide us but he throws the first punch at matt yeah he's the one Fucking who's moron. like you're dividing us idiot yeah <sighs> I really don't enjoy stick. I hate stick. And I just like, uh, I can't remember if this is my quick fire comments or not, but it really annoyed me when Sigourney Weaver, Alexandra, whatever her name is, and Electra have stick tied up. Yeah, yeah. And then he like cuts off his hand and kind of like manages to like beat them both off and run away. I'm like, oh, so they're not a challenge anymore. If just stick by himself can get away from them anyway. It's dumb. Why do the hand council all look so different in age? They're all like immortals and stuff yeah. like that. But why does Madame Gao look 50 years older than everybody else? And Maybe it's like the f- age that you first died. I don't know. I don't believe Luke and Danny for a second. 
No one does. Imagine that Twitter, like people on Twitter with their hands clapping in between each one. That was me. Uh, oh my God, this is the dumbest. Yes, Jess. Yes, it is. Why the hell would Foggy think that they'll get Matt back after this? Where does that faith come from? I don't know. The substance is dragon bone marrow. The substance as well. Just the the every when people say that, like the incident or whatever. Yeah. At least the incident was after the fact, and we all know what that is because we watched the Avengers. Yeah. The substance is just like just say. Why doesn't dragon marrow? Just say, give it a name that's better than the substance. That's nothing. You're mystical, and you call it the substance. This whole thing annoys me. It was teased in Daredevil season two as an end of episode reveal, but doesn't get explained until now. I'm not sure it's worth the setup. Is that the hole? The hole. Yeah. Remember, it was the end, or we said it during our thing. Is like, what was Where the hole about? about yeah. And now we find out. It's like, okay. <laughs> Jess, Jessica is written so poorly. They know she's snarky, but make her so basic. What the hell is with this rap music in this fight scene? It doesn't fit the scene at all. Do you remember this in the last episode? I think I liked that. Oh, the it was so like I can't remember removed from the like the again. It felt like something cadence. out of Luke Cage. Well. I would have thought that, except I think Luke Cage did a better job of marrying music to its visuals. In this, it felt like the music was added on later because they like... I, I thought it gave the fight scene energy, but I wish they had done it consistently throughout the season. It was like something like they were trying to do some foam matrix thing. Like, like the, <laughs> the Matrix would put awesome like techno music underneath its scenes. Right. And all of a sudden, there's this rap song and it just... It I wish this show like had a better soundtrack. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We've done this. Bakudo died already and it was much better seen because our heroes didn't want to kill. Lots of murder happening here. Lots of it. They're like throwing people off oh, yeah. elevators and stuff. Oh, yeah. Black Sky really isn't that impressive. Not at all. What a waste of time. It's certainly weird, but what can I say? It's just another day in New York. At least the rent is cheap. Fuck you. What was that? Oh, it's Trish at the end on the radio. Oh, it's a, it's that's certainly sad. weird, but what can I say? It's just another day in New York City. It was written by Karen, I swear it that was. <laughs> <laughs> at least the uh, rent is cheap. Your thoughts next. Uh, okay, that's the end. End quick fire comments. We haven't talked about this yet. What do we think of Sigourney Weaver? Fine. She was fine, right? Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Like she was brought in similar. Yeah, she's brought in because she's a well-known, recognisable actress who has some gravitas mm-hmm. and then is killed off in episode six. And Yeah, just her character, <sighs> the hand, it's all shit, so I don't care. She was fine with what she had. I think she did a good job with what she had, but like, who cares? But the character was nothing. Alexandra yeah, nothing. was yep. nothing. Your turn. Quick right. fire comments. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Start the clock. I am so excited to see Jessica Jones and Trish too. Foggy got a haircut, thank goodness. Finn Jones is terrible at being serious. I don't think I can sugarcoat it anymore. Finn Jones is absolutely appalling. So many angles in this show. It's clearly from the first episode. So many, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the many angles. Dutch tilts and we, yeah. yeah it's, it, do you think it just stopped doing that after a while? Yeah, it did. It just got really standard. Yeah. Again, it feels like they were like rushed for time or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It, it, Style always seems to fall away in this It shows. really does, yeah. yeah. Uh Finally, Claire goes to the bone zone. I'm Did you find that satisfying? Like, uh, not, like, not. I wanted it to be like sexier because it was just kind of like no foreplay. He just goes straight in there and he's still got his clothes on. Yeah, I, I, I we've been to a better place when we've done this in Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. I yeah. was like, oh, that was disappointingly brief, and yeah, like I don't, you know, 
I'm trying to get I'm my rocks off too. I just wanted to be. Well, that's the thing. I'm glad he got his rocks off. There's no way that Claire did. In that. I'm sorry. That's not how the female body you works. You have potential. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad Danny got a haircut. It's hard to respect a grown man with blonde ringlets. Ringlets. Uh, Luke looks so good in that yellow top. Mm-mm-mm. Poor Electra had to have a Benadine bath, which is when she's in the girl or whatever. I quite liked when she was like out of it. And like the way that it was like pulling on the ground yeah. it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I, it, I was into that. It looked like Benedine. Was that scene the exact scene from the end of Daredevil season two? I'm pretty sure that shot of her in like tight in red. I think so. This exact shot. Yeah. I appreciate that. But yeah, I was like, I don't. But I was like, I don't need to see that again because I. Well, they tied it into what was happening with Alexandra, and I thought that was yeah, that was all right. There's a Stanley poster on the street as Jessica Jones follows Daredevil. I didn't notice that. Mm, there yeah, you go. It's just a little was banner it, on the street. Was it actual Stan Lee's face and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it was his face, cool. yep. Whenever I see people with knives and swords, I really worry about Jessica Jones. You're the dumbest Iron Fist yet. I really enjoy how often people call Danny dumb because he fucking is. <laughs> Misty Knight's judgment of Colleen's katana is hilarious, which just calls it weird. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a which sword. we talked about in... Uh, yeah, we did. Was like, she's she... just walking around with a fucking sword in her back. <laughs> Uh, so Danny is Dawn from Buffy, just being a mystical key. Oh my and god! Really annoying. <laughs> and really annoying. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. For someone that can control his chi, he has no self-control. He has tantrums all the fucking time. Is he meant to be like the Hulk? At least the Hulk knows he's a monster. Yes, this is the problem, and yeah. it's like I think you'd maybe have that character like that, but you'd have to be know what you want to say. Yeah, things like you can't have a self-righteous Hulk. Because that's not who he is. Because he's no. like, oh, I'm out of control. Whereas Danny's like, I'm out of control and I'm right. Yeah. It's like, oh, piss off. Mm. Right. I'm glad they split up Danny from the rest of the group so often. I like the three of them together and he ruins every scene he's in. The way Trish was talking about Jessica to Karen made it sound like they were boning. Yeah, they, they exactly what was going on there because that's what Karen was doing. Yeah. was trying to skirt around the fact that she had this... Her and Matt were a thing. And so when Karen said that, it's like... When Trish is like, oh Trish yeah, that, me and Jessica are like, like that too. I'm like, are you? Yeah, because then she says, she goes to say something like, oh, not like that. And I thought she meant not like, obviously you and you know Matt have been sleeping together. Yeah. She's like, but not in the traditional friend sense. And she's talking about how she's just not good at like, like it doing like friend stuff. Fucking. And then I was, like, I was like, "This is yeah, okay, yeah, all right, I, good visual. Thank you for that." <laughs> I like that Matt always laughs at Jessica's humor. I really enjoyed their friendship. Colleen is so fucking lame. Why does she have to be so intense all the time? Can't she have an ounce of levity? I don't believe she and Claire would be friends. Yeah, so this is the thing, right? It's she's not cool. She's Mm-mm. just I mean, she her and Danny have a lot in common in that sense. They're just both super intense. But that's Ugh. why they were boring in Iron Fist. And that's why you like Matt and this, because he has some levity, yes. unlike his super intense Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Misty just lost her fucking arm. Apparently that is yeah, important. She has a bionic arm yeah. in the comments. With the daughters of the dragon or whatever it is I'm with a, Colleen. I'm a little bit into that idea that that's gonna they're actually give her a bionic arm. Yeah, it I think seemed it's like it cool. might have been a bridge too far for this show sometimes, but I guess we've got mystical ninjas. So yeah. what the hell? Yeah, why not? I I did feel genuinely terrible for Foggy and Karen when Matt didn't come back. That was uh, that was a well executed moment. Yes, to have everyone meeting up with their you know hero superhero qu- friends and stuff, and then when Matt doesn't walk in. So like, yeah, that's 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 that all right. Was sad. You know yeah. why? Why they didn't talk? Yeah, <laughs> so they riding couldn't get in the way of it. That certainly helps. Yeah, uh, I'm getting pumped for season two of Jessica Jones. Hmm. <laughs> Based on what? 
just seeing Kristen Ritter on screen. Okay. Um, and I still don't give two shits about Danny and Colleen. Yep. Never will. <laughs> no. And that's the end of my quick fire comments. Wonderful. Thank you, Damas. Uh, favorite and least favorite episodes. What's yours, Damas? What's your favorite episode? My favorite episode is episode four, sorry, which is called Royal, Royal Dragon. Dragon. Um, so, yeah, it's just when the gang comes together. It's, yeah, got a bit of humor. It's got the humorous moment with Matt smelling the food. Um, Jessica's constantly shitting on everyone and the stupidity of the hand and the chaste, which I completely agree with and I think is necessary. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess that's my favorite. Okay. What about you? My favorite episode was episode one, which is the mm. uh, the H word. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite because that was definitely most feeling for the potential of the show. I actually got optimistic about the show at that stage. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, like we talked about the style and the energy and the moving between the different storylines. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually, this is going to, this could be good. Yeah. It feels fresh and it feels like, yeah, it, feel, it feels like it had ambition and style and I liked that. That made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't last, but I felt in episode one, so I'm going to give it to that. What's your least favorite episode? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with it's weird for me to choose favorite and least favorite to this show because so many of them are on par for me sure yeah um maybe i'm gonna go with episode five which is take shelter um one because colleen is so bakudo pops up again yeah and i'm just like i don't care about that yep at all yeah bring him back just <sighs> yeah uh it's Why when bother? like the hand like if you can introduce a whole new member of the hand, why not introduce two? Yeah. Why bring Bakudo back? It just didn't matter that much. Yeah, I, I did not care. Um, and yeah, the hand, you know, attacks the restaurant. Um, but yeah, it didn't have a whole lot of tension for me. And just it was more about like Alexander and the black sky stuff. Um, and she's like talking to the other fingers and yeah. I just didn't care about that stuff at all. Yeah, I- yeah, because I, I really enjoyed the dynamic that was established in Royal Dragon and then just kind of like sitting in a space together, kind of like trying to figure each other out. And the next episode, I was just like, oh, okay. Back to like the normal stuff of, yeah, the big bad, which I was like, right. Oh, boom, boom. Yeah. Anyway, what's yours? My least favorite episode is episode four, Royal Dragon. <laughs> Royal Dragon, yeah. Um, similarly to what you were saying, though, about how you separating the episodes is difficult. Mm-hmm. Although I did, I got to say, I do appreciate that a lot of times episodes would take place in a different location. So mm. there would be a centralized yeah, that's location, which yep. meant that I could separate them a bit in my mind. That's not mm-hmm. always possible with these shows. So that was helpful. Mm-hmm. So the Royal Dragon, we all know it was the one that took place in the Chinese restaurant, which is great. Yep. I think my problem with it was that that was when I realized, I think for me, it's the, the I felt it was, uh, the potential for something good was there and never reached it. So, mm-hmm. that was where the disappointment started to set yeah. in for me. Okay. So, while you found the dynamic to be good there, A, some of the best parts of that scene, I'd seen the trailers. <laughs> the Right, okay. The yeah. bit with the, the dumplings, dumplings was yeah. in the trailer and like a few other scenes from that mm-hmm. bit were in the trailer. So, right. I was like, those good moments were already gone and the rest around it wasn't that great. Right. And I kept seeing, like, I love a bottle episode. Put these four characters in a restaurant mm. and have them come together and 
they're going to leave here a sort of first version, ragtag version of the mm-hmm. Defenders. But then Jessica Jones leaves within 10 minutes and yep. doesn't come back until the end. I'm like, we missed our opportunity for this then. Mm. What was that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought there was a, it was a good potential episode there that completely squandered that potential. That's the that's what I'm looking Fair for. Enough. And that followed on through the rest of the series, unfortunately, yep. for me. So it sort of represents my general feelings about the season, yep. if that makes sense. Uh, final score and ranking. I'm going to give this a two. I am also giving it a two. <laughs> two is exactly what I'm giving it. Yeah. Where does that put it in the rankings for you? So number one is Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I've got Daredevil season one. Then after that, I've got Daredevil season two mm-hmm. and then Luke Cage and then Iron Fist. Gotcha. So, where the Defenders in there? Oh, sorry. sorry. So, Luke Cage and this are the same. Okay. Gotcha. So, I've got this. This puts it at the second last spot for me. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones I've got on 3.5. I know it's controversial about, Jessica, about Luke Cage or whatever. It's controversial and wrong. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Daredevil Season 2 is next. Then Daredevil Season 1. Mm-hmm. Then The Defenders, then Iron Fist. Yeah, it's it's funny to look at my ratings because I'm clearly just becoming more and more disillusioned. They just go down. Other than Jessica Jones, which is is a spike, but everything else just goes down and down and, and down. Yeah. yeah, and Iron Fist straight to the bottom. Yeah, obviously, like a rock. Do you want to keep watching? We've discussed that there is another season of each of these shows plus Punisher plus potentially a Defenders season two. Mm. Do you want to keep watching those shows? I will definitely be watching season two of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I hope it's good. I really, really hope it's good because I loved season one. I'm interested in The Punisher because I really liked, liked him in season, in two, season of two of Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Um, not really interested in Luke Cage. Definitely not interested in Iron Fist. Uh. Um, will I watch another Defenders? Maybe if Jessica Jones is really, really good. Okay. That might carry me through to watching her in a show with a bunch of characters that I don't really care about. What about you? Uh, if they were, like, say they were all out already, mm. right? Like, we watched these over six weeks, essentially. Mm. And we, we're just going to continue watching that. I'd be like, no, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. This was a crescendo moment. Mm-hmm. This was a moment that sort of was meant to it's culminate. Now complete, yep. Yep, and... If this is where it ends, or if there was if there was immediately more, I'd be like, nah, I'm done. I don't want to see the sequel to this, if that makes sense. Yeah. The only thing that keeps me going is if we were doing this in the future, we would probably just do them as they come out, mm-hmm. which means there's going to be a four-month break or, or more between seasons, mm. and that might give me the energy. But I feel like I'd only do it if I'd heard good things. Like, if if Punisher comes out and it mm-hmm. reviews poorly, I'm like, I, won't be watching I think I'd be like, yeah. I think I'd be like, no, just not, mm-hmm. not going to do it. Whether we should do on the show, I think we'll have to figure out as we get yeah, there. Yeah, I think we'll have to have a conversation as each one comes out and maybe how it's reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm. What? Okay, what if season two of Iron Fist comes out and everyone says it's amazing? Well, I'll give it a watch. You'll watch it? Okay. I, I need to see how they can make that good. <laughs> but I, only out of morbid curiosity, not yeah. because I want to. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... I, this to me is like exactly. It's the it, everything about this feels like why I struggle with the DCEU movies. Mm-hmm. They're just putting these characters together for the sake of putting them together, and not with any sort of style or 
understanding of why people love the characters. Or artistic merit or drive behind them. They're mm-hmm. doing it because they know where these characters are meant to go. Misty lost her arm because they know that Misty's going to get a bionic arm. Mm-hmm. Danny and Luke are talking because they know the Iron Fist and Luke Cage, but they don't earn these moments necessarily. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's it's like this is what – imagine if the MCU was like this. I would hate Marvel. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that keeps me going is no, – ah. There, there's, there, I, yeah, I'm just thinking about it here as I talk about it. There is so little that keeps me wanting to watch this series now. Mm. I think I think I'm I think I'm done. I like okay, we'll see. My I I love Jessica I Jones, so I'll be watching Jessica Jones. <sighs> yeah, but I don't have any real affection for any anything else at all. Yeah, I don't know. at all. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't count on there being more of these episodes. As long as I say, like I'm just worn out. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we're moving on. Yeah, me too. I'm, I yeah. legitimately am fatigued by yeah. this. Absolutely. What, this undertaking, this thing that we've put ourselves through. Let's remind ourselves that, that we, we did this. It is our own fault. <laughs> we are the architects of our own demise. Yeah. On that lovely note, <laughs> these, so many of our episodes end with just like, oh, oh, I'm a broken person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we keep coming back for more. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting Scast. You can email us at HuntingSeasonsPodcast at gmail.com. You can find myself on Twitter, Broderick Gordes, at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. You can also listen to me. I uh, put in a little foreign correspondent thing on a podcast called Newest, Latest, Best. Um, Jeff Canada, who is one of my favourite um, like uh, pop culture personalities. He has a podcast he brings out daily called Newest, Latest, Best. And he asked on an episode like three weeks ago uh, for someone to do a review of Mario Kart VR, which is in Tokyo. And mm. I was already going. <laughs> so I went and recorded a thing on my phone. The quality is a little bit shite, but it's listenable. And you can listen to me review Mario Kart VR on Newest Layers Best. Just look for the episode called Mario Kart VR. You didn't tell me anything about this. I kind of did it like <laughs> secretly. I forgot about it secretly. completely until right now. But yeah, I, yeah. He, he put it up. So that was really nice of cool. him. I love Jeff Canada. So yeah, check that out. Mask, Damask, what's your Twitter account? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Maskymo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Uh, thank you very much to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful hunting season logo and graphics. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net or by searching for at Draws or at Comics on Instagram. Also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for our hunting season's theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. We should also let you know that we are now part of a podcast network. We are which part is pretty of a cool. family. We are part of a family of podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's a... Uh, Siri, it's a network of Melbourne-based podcasts mm-hmm. um, called Earbuds Network. And you can find them uh, probably on Facebook's the best place to look for them, facebook.com slash Earbuds Network. Or if you want to do a search in Facebook itself, Ear Space Buds. Don't make it one thing. But if you do it Ear Space Buds, I think you'll find it pretty easily. There, uh, There's podcasts on AFL. There's podcasts on drinking of, of, th- of things as well. And there's a Dave O'Neill podcast on there who's an Australian comedian for people who don't know where he does podcasts in his car with comedians who have just finished a gig. Um, so highly recommend checking those out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find them, as I said, at facebook.com slash network. As always, we'd love you to go out there and give us a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference um, for us being more visible on the internet if you do that for us. Thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons. We will see you next time. Catch you later. Bye.
Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.